Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, excuse me, because I may have to shout. Amen. You know, we're still a shouting church. Y'all know that, right? Amen. I know y'all think, well, I don't want to come to church, see people shout. It just kind of wears me out. Well, you'll go to a football game, take your shirt off, and paint your chest red. Hoot and holler and call that fun. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And I am so glad that he set me free. Praise God. So glad he set me free. I was telling a little bit of my testimony uh, to Mr. Buck out there uh, today talking about uh, some stuff that, that, that uh, went on in my life. And, and I remember when uh, God had uh, called me to preach, and it was, uh, it was in 1995. And it was probably, I think it was about June, mid-June. I think I just, just turned. 24 years old and or 23 years old just turned 23 years old and God had called me to preach and uh, I was still just you know I got saved in March my mind hadn't added up to it yet and I'm, I'm thinking Lord why do you want me to preach I, I just I, I, I don't I'm not gonna get up here and talk to anybody plus uh, I got a, a a really good looking mullet going on and this Holy Ghost Church we got going on here they want me to have short hair and no facial hair. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I, I grew up in a church where, I mean, they wanted the men to have short haircut. They wanted women to have long hair. They wanted men to wear long sleeve shirts and you know, all, all of this stuff. You, you know, it, it was just, it was just, a, and, 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 and you know what? I'm okay if they want to do that. But sometimes when you're presenting the outside, but the inside's not what the outside is projecting, there's something wrong. Amen. And uh, so, I didn't want to be a part of that. And God spoke to me and he said, I didn't ask you to conform like them. I just asked you to preach. That's all he said. I, I asked you to preach. So I remember I accepted the call to preach. A few years had, had went by. In 1994, before I had actually gotten saved in 1995, I had gotten my third DUI. My third one. And that's supposed to be prison time, especially in Oklahoma. And uh, so they'd pulled my license for four years. And I got saved in 1995. By 1998, I could go ahead and get my license. God's called me to preach, and I'm struggling with, I can't even drive to church. And uh, a couple of times we was going to church, uh, I'd drive, and they had roadblocks back, back, back in Oklahoma. In, in, in Atoka, they have a lot of roadblocks because there's a lot of outlaws. And, uh, and so we had run into a couple of the uh, roadblocks, and I'd be driving. And so I'd get another ticket, driving on suspension. 
I was struggling in my mind. God's called me. Listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. God called me, and my previous past life wasn't letting go of me. And the enemy kept holding me back and holding me back. And so on top of that, God speaks to me in 1999 and says, I want you to quit your job and go full-time on the evangelistic field. I said, Lord, how am I going to do this when I can't drive? And so we finally looked up and was going to pay all of my tickets. And I had a lot of tickets, four or five thousand dollars worth of tickets. And uh, so trying to figure out how to do it. Long story short, is my dad's praying one day and and uh, he come to me, he said, he said, son, God told me to sell my shotgun and give you the money for the shotgun. And he said, so I'm going to give you $400. I sold it, and I'm going to give it to you. And I thought, well, you know, that'll help. Praise God. And so, uh, and so uh, he'd give me the money to do it. We had a revival. The evangelist was standing at the door, and I walked in, and God told me, he said, take that $400 that your dad give you to pay your tickets and give it to the evangelist. I said, hang on. Hang on. And so without question, I, well, there was questions, a few questions, but I, I, I answered real quick, and I handed it to him. I said, here, God told me to give you this, and, uh, and, and so uh, give it to him. And so we left the church that night, and everybody was going to the Toka truck stop, and so I was in my 1987 Chevy Silverado. Come on, somebody. Short wheelbase, nice, tinted windows, had my kickers in the back, praise God. Me and Annie was driving. I took the back roads, running, running to a, a roadblock. Now, mind you, my wife looks at me and she says, really? I told you let me drive. And I'm like, would you please don't start right now? So I pulled up to the roadblock. <coughs> the gentleman walked up to me and he said, uh, can I see your license? And I said, I don't have a license. And he said, okay, took my tag number, took my name, went back to the car. Me and my wife sitting over. I mean, it's like 45 seconds of pure silence. And in my mind, all this stuff was going through. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You give that money away, that preacher, now look at you. You think God's really, really moving? Well, if God was really moving, he would have stopped all this. And so all this stuff was going through my mind. And at that time, I'm sitting there, and I'm having to, listen to me, I'm having to boldly come before God. I need to tell somebody tonight, the enemy wants to, wants to get your mind into a position and into a place to where you cannot come to God. He wants to tell you that there's too much going on in your life. He wants to tell you that there's too much sin. He wants to tell you that there's too much stuff that you are not getting right and you're never going to get right. And so don't come to God because God's not going to hear you. And the enemy is pulling you back and trying to keep you from moving forward. And I sat there and, and I just prayed. I said, Lord, help me. I didn't know what else to say. I just needed help. The guy walked up to me and he said, uh, he said I'll tell you what. He said, I want you to get this vehicle to the house, and I don't want to see you out again tonight. I said, yes, sir. I put in drive, and I took off. My wife said, you need to pull over and let me drive. And I said, I, I, I said I'm just trying to get out of here. So, so we pull up to the truck stop. We walk in. How many knows that your mom can look at your face and tell you something's going on before you ever get there? We walked in, and I'm trying to hide it. My mom's sitting at the back of the deal, and she looks up, and she gets up, and she walks to me. She said, what's wrong? I said, what do you mean, what's wrong? She said, I can tell. It's all over you. Something's wrong. 
And I said, well, I just went through a roadblock. She goes, oh, Roger. I said, well, uh, I didn't get no ticket or nothing like that. And so, anyway, long story short, my mother-in-law decides she's going to take me to McAllister, Oklahoma. And I said, the tickets are way too much to pay. And, and so she tells me, let's just go find out. And I thought, well, this is stupid, but okay. So we get up there to McAllister, Oklahoma, get up there and, 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 and just knowing it's going to be all this kinds of money, but I just need to find out and see how much I owed because I done took my $400 and give it away. The guy sitting at the deal looked at the deal, and he just kind of his eyebrows raised. And he looked at me, and he looked back at it again. And he said, I'll tell you what. And he said, I'm in a good mood. He said, you give me $225, and we're going to get your license back. Let me tell you something. Sometimes when you just listen to God, even just, just listen to God, when it seems too hard, that means God wants to take control of it. And sometimes he's telling us to do things in our life because he wants to bless us. He wants to move in our lives. Long story short, I finally got my license back, praise God, and, and I, I, I couldn't wait to get on the road and start traveling all over the United States and, and preaching the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I need to tell somebody in here tonight or just watching me, whatever you're struggling with, whatever the enemy is holding over your head, I need to tell you that God has a perfect way. He's got a perfect day, and he's going to move in your life, and the devil is a lie, and he can't stop you. He can't hold you down, but God is going to make room for the gifts in your life, and he's going to provide. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to provide. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me if you would. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm in a New King James Version. Let's start at verse number 14. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet for the reading of the word in here tonight. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. How many is ready for a revival? I'm talking about a revival that changes things. I mean, it changes things. Not just another meeting just to say, oh, we got this many people showed up, or we did this, but I'm talking about a revival that changes things. And it's coming. It's coming with such a force. Matter of fact, it's already poked his head in the door. It's breathing on the church right now, and there's some things about to happen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Do you got it? It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Look at your name. Right, 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 right there is a good place to say amen. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore 
come boldly to the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Father, we uh, call on you tonight and we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight. We thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you're going to move mountains. We thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you're going to drive out evil spirits. We thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you're going to set our lives free, our hearts free, and our minds free. That when we walk out of this place tonight, we have obtained what you have set for us. We thank you for the power of grace upon our lives. And Father, we ask you, Lord, that you bless every person in this building tonight, from the top of this room to the bottom, from the front to the back, and from the side to the side. You leave nobody or nothing undone. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. <coughs> On the way to church tonight, there, uh, where we live out there, north of town, they're putting in that four lane, that new four lane out there. And there's a gentleman sitting out there every day, and he's got a little stop sign, and because the trucks are coming by through, and, and he's sitting out there. And uh, they said, the other day, I come through there, and I, I, I was in a hurry going somewhere. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, invite that man to church. And I passed through there, and I got down the road, and I thought, man, I need to turn around. And I thought, well, I'll get him on the way back because he's there all the time. Come on, we'll get back, and he wasn't there. And he's been gone all week long. And I beat myself up. I mean, I beat myself up thinking, man, what? I missed my opportunity. And I told God, I said, Lord, if you give me an opportunity, just give me another opportunity. I pulled out today and looked who's down at the end of my road. He's in that end road, and I, I just stopped. I did. I stopped, and I looked at that man. I said, devil, you're a lie. God is going to move. I pulled up there, rolled my window down, and I said, uh, I said, hey, you go to church? He said, well, I used to. I said, what do you mean you used to? He said, well, I used to. I haven't been in a while. I said, uh, uh, he said, actually, I'm thinking about switching churches. I said, well, how are you going to switch churches if you ain't going to church? He said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he said, well, I'm Pentecostal. And I said, I am too. <laughs> he looked at me, looked at me, and, and he said, well, uh, you know, we, we, we was thinking about getting church. said, my wife's got, and he, he went on to tell me everything his wife's got, and she'd have to go to Kansas City, and she'd have to do all these treatments and stuff. And I, and I said, I tell you what, I said, you meet me at church. Listen to me, I'm, I'm putting this on all y'all. I said, you meet me at church 1030 Sunday morning, and we're going to pray for your wife, and God's going to heal her. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on. Listen. We got to quit saying stuff like, we'll come to church, we'll pray, and, and you know, hopefully God will. There ain't no hopefully. We need to be bold. I mean, come straight to the throne room and be bold. And too many times what has happened is we have sat back and, and, and we, we, we have, uh, the, the church has played politics for too long. And in 2020, we have seen it come out of the woodworks where the church is split down the middle and we're uh, politically divided. 
And we got to quit being divided and come back to the whole truth because the fact of the matter is, is Satan's whole job is to divide and conquer. If he can divide you, he'll conquer you. But something that is whole, he cannot conquering. But the conquering King Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, he stamped it with his blood and he said they are mine and he sealed it up. And I'm telling you now, the book of Psalms says that in the heavens, the word of God is settled. It's been set. I need to tell somebody right now, it's set and we got to preach the word of God. If it's settled in heaven, the Bible says that whatever we bound on earth shall be bound. And whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I'm telling you right now that God has given us the key and the power and the point to stand up. But what happens is, is we have stayed away from the throne room. Church, I'm here to tell you right now. You can't come to church on Sunday morning and then go out and not talk to God, not read your Bible, not come in tune with God, uh, not, 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 not have a conversation with God, uh, and expect to come back uh, and, 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 and eat from God's table on Sunday. How many people eat one time a week? And the church is malnutrition. We're absolutely falling apart. And we got on this uh, uh, thing, well, you know, at least I showed up. It's not just showing up because this is not the church. You are the church. You, individually, we are the church. In this place right now, there's about uh, 70, 80 people in here tonight. There's 70 or 80 church buildings uh, right here in this one building. Uh, do, do you know what kind of an impact we could make in Pittsburgh if we start changing the way we think? Because here's the thing. I don't need to pull you in here and preach a message that just is eloquent. Because first of all, I'm not eloquent. Praise God. And I, I, I don't need to preach a message that just has you to say, oh, but if I can preach something that will change the way you think, it'll change everything else. Because when we start changing the way we think, we start talking different. We start walking different. We start acting different. Come on, somebody. If you change the way you think, just change the way you think, what happens is, is we're not coming to the throne room. We're looking at everything that we've done, looking at all the messages we had, and the Bible plainly tells us, it says that, that, that uh, our high priest, he has been through everything that you have been through. There is nothing that you're going through. I don't care. How, I, there, there is nothing that you are going through right now that Jesus Christ himself did not walk upon the face of this earth and go through the same pain. I mean, we like to read our Bible and say, yeah, this is Jesus. Man, I mean, he, he opened up the blind eyes and he called the deaf ears to, to, to unstop. <clears throat> he made the lame man to get man. I mean, he, uh, he, he had no sin on his life, and he came through. And he, but, 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 but listen, he, he was born a man. Woo. <laughs> 
he was born a man. That the son of man would become the son of God so that man could meet God. He came walking as a man. He went through the same issues. He battled depression. Come on, somebody. Now the church battles depression. The first thing we want to uh, say is, well, you know, get somewhere and do this and do that. Listen, uh, listen. Depression doesn't mean that you're not a child of God. David went through depression. Sometimes you're going to go through things in your life and go through depression. And I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need to tell somebody. We can look at people and we can think, yeah, them people, this and that. But most people who are depressed are people who who who, who sat behind a snake, a, a fake smile and they've been through loss they've been through torment I don't know who I'm talking to but they've been through all of these things and the first thing that the enemy wants to say is well you've been serving God all this time where's your God now why ain't he showing up why ain't he just just bringing you out of this why ain't he moving into this place and the first thing we do is go through these places and we start trying to figure out how in the world did I get here what is going on I've been good all my life and now I'm going through a stage of my life where I cannot figure out why I'm here facing this now. And that's when we come boldly to the throne room of grace. We got good men and women in this area who's been absolutely run over by the enemy. I mean, people in this room right now, right now, people in this room, you're going through a phase or through a stage in your life that you didn't see coming. I don't know who I'm talking to, but this time last year, you weren't facing this kind of stuff. This time last year, some of you was probably not even single or maybe married or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and now you're sitting here. Maybe this time last year, your husband or your wife or, 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 or your mama or your daddy died of COVID. This time last year, you're facing, my God, who am I talking to? You're facing things that you've never had to face before, and the enemy's pulling you back, and he's telling you that you won't ever make it. He's telling you, if God was really for you, you wouldn't have to be going through this. But I need to tell somebody that my God has never left you. He's provided a way out for you. And if you got breath in your lungs right now, I would give him the biggest shout. I'd give him all night because there's purpose in your life. And we sit back and we let the enemy talk us out of it. And so we don't come boldly to the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Listen, listen. You may, you may not need to bombard it every day, but there's a time of need. My God, who am I talking to? There's a time of need. In those times you need God, the enemy's pulling you back and pulling your reins. He's telling you, well, if God was going to do it, he had already did it. What kind of God is that to let you go three weeks, four weeks, a year feeling like this? You've been going to church and listening to that loud Cherokee preacher all year. And there ain't nothing in your life. Somebody's about to get a change in here tonight. 
and ain't nothing changing your life. You're still feeling the way you feel. Your bills are still piling up. You can't get a job. You want a job. Nothing's messing out. And now now the job is saying you either get a COVID shot or I'm going to fire you or I don't want a COVID shot because if I get a COVID shot, I'm going to go to hell. The devil is a lie. I need to tell somebody, do not let this political thing begin to divide you and keep you away from God's house. Either get the COVID shot or don't get the COVID shot. You're not going to hell because of it and don't let the devil lie to you wear a mask or don't wear a mask don't be divided because when you get divided you get conquered you've got to stand strong and be strong united in God and do not let the devil tear your life apart don't let him when we come to church we're going through the motions. We think when we get to church, that God's going to have this magical wand, and he's just going to abracadabra. And we wonder why we come to church and there's been no abracadabra. I had a few good moments. I had a few breakthroughs. Whoever I'm out Whoever I'm talking to tonight, I need to tell you right now, God is about to change your life. You won't walk out of here the same. We went through the motions. We've raised our hand in church. We said amen when the preacher said, I can't get no amens in here. And we go. Amen. <laughs> we got a Pentecostal. Amen. I've cried. I've praised God. I've listened. But we walk right out and let the enemy do it all over again. And it's like a cycle. He don't mind you going to church. He just don't want you to get it once you get here. Listen, every time you come to church, I'm like a man setting up with a bag of seed, and I'm throwing it out, and I'm throwing it out. And the Bible says some of it land on stony ground, and some of it land on ground that wasn't good, but there's some that land on good soil. I need to tell somebody in here tonight that the enemy comes as soon as the seed is sown. He'll wait 20 years and come. Would it be easier to cut the oak tree down after 20 years or just dig the acorn up when it's planted? And that's what he's doing. He's letting you come. You're getting the seed. And the seed eater is eating it up before it gets anywhere. And he's telling you, you better go to church. You know what, preacher will think you backslid if you don't. <laughs> you know him, he'll call you. Say, where you at, boy? Better go to church. He said, you better go to church and sing. You better go to church and play the guitar. You better go to church and play the drums. 
You better go to church and run the camp. Come on, somebody. He, he's telling you, go to church. But, 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 but listen, when we get there, the seed, when it's been sown, what happens is, is he's coming as soon as it's sown and he's destroying the seed. We ain't coming boldly. I need to tell somebody. I don't know who you are in this place and I'll be here in just a minute. I'm going to cut this short and I'm going to give an altar call. And I don't know he, who you are. But when I give an altar call, if I was you, I would run. I would knock people over if I could if I could knock them out of my way. And I would not stop. I, I, I would not sit back and just wait and see how many people goes up. Say, well, and look around the room and find out if they're going to judge me. Listen to me. Listen, I, I'm, I'm telling you something, Ralph. There's a healing power in this room. When we open this up, I don't know who you are. But I'm telling you right now, I would make my way and I'd run. I'd jump over them chairs if I could, whatever I had to do. And I would bombard and I would get in my place and I would stand right up in the middle of it. And I would tell God, I'm ready to be healed. I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of going around the mountain. I'm tired of going through the motions. I want it now. Ain't that a commercial? I want my money now. What, what, what is it? J.G. Wentworth. Well, let me tell you about a Holy Ghost Jesus. Hallelujah. He's better than J.G. Wentworth. You want it now? He's good for it. He is the bank. Come on, somebody. He is everything. He's got it now. And I'm telling you right now, whatever you've allowed the enemy to do, Now it's coming through your relationships. It's coming on your jobs. <laughs> and you sat back and you just went through the motion. You come to church. Listen, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. But I'm more glad when you get told and completely healed. I'm more glad when you, some, some people in here tonight's going to get delivered. My God, I feel it. I feel it. I've been feeling it all week long. We got to bombard. We got to come boldly. Don't let anything that happened to you this week already. Maybe you was here Sunday and Monday morning you blew it. Maybe you opened up your mouth. Maybe something happened. Maybe you got into an argument. Maybe things come in. Maybe you come out of here Sunday and you thought, man, God's going to do everything. And all hell broke loose and it seemed like God wasn't doing nothing. But I'm telling you right now that God is doing. He's waiting. He's waiting because when you bombard heaven, now God's going to give it to you and he's going to say, now you tell the devil what's going to happen. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we're always wondering how it's going to turn out? If you're the head and not the tail, how do you think it's going to turn out? If you're blessed going into the city and coming out of the city, how, listen, is those just words that you hear and you think, yeah, it's like a pep talk, like you're in a pep rally somewhere. Like you're in high school, and you stand up and say, yeah, we're going to destroy them, and then you get beat by 40 points. 
Then you come back the next week and do the same thing, stand in the pap rod. Yeah, we're going to destroy them, and it's homecoming, and you get, get beat by 50 points. <laughs> Sounds like a toka. Come back all the way through, and it's almost like every Sunday and every Thursday you join a big pep rally. I know you can't shout when I'm standing on your toes. It's like. <laughs> and we go through the cycle. We come to the pep rally, and we talk about Jesus. Yes, listen, listen you got to get this tonight. This is just simple preaching. This is just getting right in your life. This is getting you primed. This is getting you ready. I know what happened to you might have been bad, and I don't wish it on anybody, but I'm telling you right now, if God didn't think you could get through it, he'd have never allowed the enemy to do it. Don't you think for one second that the devil just got up one morning and said, I'm going to do this to them. I'm going to cause this much pain. He'd never come through that unless God dropped his gavel, and he said, okay. I'm telling you right now, yes, God has okayed your problems. Come on, somebody. That's hard to hear. But he already knew that by okaying the problem, that you was going to become stronger. And yes, he thought he might have took somebody from your life. But you are going to bring so many out. Because if you make it, everybody tied to your destiny has got to make it too. There's a lot of people tied to your destiny. A lot of people you wish wouldn't. And God said, you ain't getting out of it that quick. There's people that you thought that you just met. And we call it a coincidence or an accident. And in the Hebrew language, there is no such word as coincident or accident, but there is a word called purpose. And everything that God does, you hear me right now, everything that God does, he's doing it on purpose. I don't expect sinners to live a righteous life. I know sinners are going to do what sinners do. But what frustrates me is when people get saved and come to church and are saved for for. For, for well over 20 years and still going through the same issues and the same problems is because nobody was bold enough to get a microphone and scream it in our face and tell them, tell the devil to go back to hell where he came from and you pack his bags and you come boldly to the throne room of grace. It's almost like everybody will. I don't know if I should say that or not. I might make them mad. Honey, I'd rather make you mad right here than to tell you what you want to hear and then and then wind up you running through hell hauling my name and saying, Roger Brown, why didn't you tell me the truth? When you stood in that church with that microphone, why didn't you tell me what would get me here? Why did you lie to me? I'm going to tell you something right now. I might make you mad, but one of these days we're going to shout on the streets of glory. Come on, somebody, because God is going to do some amazing things in your life. And yes, everything that you've been through has already been accounted. There is a price for it and don't you kid yourself one bit. Whatever the enemy's done to you, I need to tell you right now that God has already ordered and said he's got to give back double. That's his word. I don't know who you are in this place tonight, but whatever he stole from you, he's got to give you back double for your trouble. 
But as long as you just keep coming to church and joining the pep rally. As long as you just keep coming to church and not getting it. As long as you just keep coming to church and hearing it. But allowing the devil to tell you that you don't live good enough to talk to God like that. The devil's telling you, you got to get some stuff right before you come to God. He's telling you, well, you got to get this done before you come to God. I talked to a young man on the phone the other day, one of my good friends. <clears throat> lives in Oklahoma. Got this tumor on his back. has been grabbing hold of his nerve. It's not cancerous, but it's just one of those tumors, but it's got on his nerves. <laughs> got on his nerves. Praise God. And <laughs> he can't move, can't walk, can't sit. Been off work for several weeks. Went to MD Anderson in Houston, and they told him, yeah, you know, it's going to be a big, long surge. It's going to be so many hours. We don't even know that, that, that we can go in there so close to the nerves or what we can do and all this stuff. And so uh, he, he, he's been calling me, and we've been praying, and I've been praying, and we've been praying, been calling out to God. And I remember one day I said, Lord, whatever it is, praise God, whatever it is that you need to do in his life, I know that you're good for the healing. And I don't understand it, and I don't know it, but this man is in pain. And, Lord, I can't stand to hear him on the phone while he's in pain. So, Lord, take the pain away. Whatever it is you got to do to heal his life, heal him. He's coming through Oklahoma the other day. He had to go to Fort Worth on a truck or truck in there and come back. <coughs> Called him on the phone. He said, man, I got a story to tell you. I said, what's that? He said, I went to a tent revival. I said, whoo. I bet that was a good one. He said, man, this preacher was preaching on unforgiveness. And he said, I sat there in that tent revival, and I realized of how much that I haven't forgave. He said, he, he said, hey, he, he was preaching, and he said, I want you to take in your heart with your hand and pull it out, all that unforgiveness, and I want you to hold it in your hand. He said, when I count to three, I want you to throw it up to God and give it to him. He said, preacher, I thought it was the stupidest thing that I ever heard. He said, but I was in so much pain, I couldn't hardly move, and I thought, well, I don't want to live another day like this, so I might as well just look stupid. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be a fool for God than a fool for the world any day praise God he said he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise he said I rest and grab my heart and pulled out the unforgiveness he said I threw it up to God and he said my body went numb he said here's the craziest thing he said I thought I was floating He said, I ain't had a back pain since. <laughs> See, some of you are carrying stuff. You're carrying stuff on your life, and you're coming to church, and you're joining the pep rally, but, 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 but you ain't humble enough to bombard the throne room of grace and just throw it up to God and tell him, this is who I am. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham was the promise. 
Isaac was a blessing, and Jacob was just like you. He was a wild child. He was a hellion rebellion. When he finally found God on the mountain after running from his brother, and the angel come down, and the Bible said, listen to me, listen, 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 listen to me, listen, let me teach this just for a minute. The angel came down, but listen, he was, he was wrestling God. Some of you are wrestling God. When it was breaking in the day, he wouldn't turn loose. He was so desperate. He said, you're going to bless me. And this is what the angel said. He said, what's your name? Jacob means con man, conniver, destruction, destroyer. And for the first time, he had to look at God and tell him, I'm Jacob. For the first time, he had to look at God and tell him who he was. Some of you have been playing church. I'm just going to preach it. I'm just going to preach it like I own this church. Is that all right? Some of you have been, been playing church, and you've been coming, and you've been trying to uh, smooth it over, and you ain't coming. You ain't telling God who you are. He knows. You think God didn't know who Jacob was? But when he said, this is who I am, the Bible said God blessed him and changed his name to Israel. But throughout the whole Bible, he never refers to him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. I'm about to run all over this place. He never refers to him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He calls him Jacob. I'm the God of the con man. I'm the God of the man who run. I'm the God of the man who couldn't get it right. I'm your God. I am the God of the promise. I'm the God of the blessing. And I am the God of the reject. And I will never leave you or walk away from you. But I need you to come boldly to the throne room of grace. Because I'm going to change some things. I'm going to change your name. But I'm going to refer to you to everybody else of the name you got. And you're going to walk with me. And for the rest of his life, the Bible said, Jacob, walk with a limb. From this day on, the Hebrew won't even eat the thigh of the lamb. Because they said that's what God touched and so and so they stay away from it and Jacob walks with a limp and he say he limps and he says yeah because it's just an indication that I've been with God 
I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you lit spiritually in here tonight, and some of you walked in here tonight, and some of you are going to limp out because God's going to touch the area in your life that's been holding you back, that's been destroying you, that's been saying you ain't going to make it. He's been lying to you to hold you down. Pastor Anna, come pin, please. Musicians, come. <laughs> We're watching every Sunday and every Thursday. We're watching. Altar calls are given. Some of you just walked out of here without committing. Some of you have come to the altar, but you hadn't been bold enough to tell God by some areas that you need delivered in. Now listen, you don't need to tell me because I can't deliver a fly. We can't play church no more. It's time to be completely honest. And when we come, we come boldly. We come because we know there are certain things that are holding us back. I can't tell a person sitting next to me because they'll judge me. I can't talk to a Christian counselor because I've been serving in the church for too long. And I don't want to be excommunicated. I'm struggling so much. But if the one place that I could get healed is the one place that I'm scared to death to reveal. You look around the room and you look at people coming in and people leaving and you're thinking, man, they got it right. And you don't even know the struggles they had to go through just to get here. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't get all dressed up on a Thursday night just to come and sit in a church building for two hours. Time is too precious. When I come to church, I want to come to church on a mission. When I get up in the morning and I take my breath, I, I, I just want to... Just blow a kiss to God and say, thank you for another day. Some of the things that you're going through is nearly as bad as what you think. But your mind is killing you. It's eating you up.
and you're still sitting in the same place, going through the same thing. Doing the same thing. Hoping something will change. He's hoping that God will just understand and do it. And the Bible says that whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And I want to say this, either to the camera, and there's several in this church right here right now. The reason why you ain't asking God to do some things is because some things in your life you've been doing for so long, you're afraid to change. And you don't know how to step out of it. So therefore, you're not asking God because you think that you can figure it out. You think that you can stop thinking like that. You can stop doing stuff like that. You think that all of a sudden you can just shut the computer down and you ain't got a problem with pornography no more. But it keeps getting a hold of you. It keeps drawing your way. It's eating up everything in your life. It's destroying things. You think, you think that you can secretly just keep doing and just keep going. But at the same time, you're not asking God because you don't know that if he really answered because, because you're acting like that God is blind out of one eye and you act like you can get somewhere in the room and God not see it. But the Bible said he's got the all-seeing eye. The Bible said that he hears everything. David said even if I make my bed in hell, God is with me. He said I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You cannot run from an almighty God that I serve. He knows everything. He sees everything and he loves you conditionally just like you are God loves you just like you are but you can't stay just like you are